Hello everyone and welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Hope you're enjoying the Monday night football game. Hope you are enjoying your start to the week. And that was a fun drive by the Green Bay Packers. They are now tied at 14 versus the Detroit Lions. And it is unbelievable to me that this is actually a competitive game. If we are talking about our expectations, our preseason expectations, I don't think any of us actually expected the Packers and the Lions being involved in a close game in Week 2. Because we kind of all, we all kind of expected before the Saints game that the Packers were going to be one of the best teams in the NFC, while we expected the Lions to be one of the worst squads in the NFL. But tonight, here on ADC Sports Primetime, we'll have a little bit of a Cowboys catch-up with all of the news that have been coming out this Monday morning, including Amari Cooper's injury status. We'll have a listen as to what special teams coach John Fassel had to say about the Cowboys' penalty on roughing the kicker, on roughing the punter against the Chargers. We'll talk about all of that. We will also talk about the injuries on the Eagles' side of things because the Cowboys are facing Philadelphia next Monday night, and they are a pretty banged-up team. We'll talk about that. Then we'll offer some coaching thoughts, and then... We'll get into a little bit of overreaction Monday here on ADC Sports Primetime. So thank you all of you who are joining right now on the show. Thank you, Dallas Junk. Thank you, Rika, for being here as well. Watching the Packers lose, says Lupi. Watching the Packers lose is the next best thing to watching Dallas win. And I think that, unfortunately, we kind of agree with that because of what recent history has meant for the Cowboys and the Packers, but I agree. I agree with this. Uh, you you got to low-key enjoy it, in my opinion. What is up, Leslie? Thank you for being over at Facebook, joining us at ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate it. I hope Detroit can hang on somehow. That would be fun because that would be just simply fun to watch because as Raimundo is saying in the chat, Rodgers is not happy, and I think that is kind of, you know, Fun to watch. Uh, watch teams like this struggle early in the season and see if they can bounce back from that. Hit that like button and share this stream for Montana Monday. Stevie Mac, that is the best comment I've received in the history of ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. We are doing this. We are making Montana Monday an official, an official term here in ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, please hit the like button. Every one of you who is joining the stream, please hit the like button. And of course, share the show. We are about to start it officially. What is up? Will D-Town also in the chat. Chris, Charles Moore as well. Uh, Chris is over here at Facebook. And of course, Chris Davis. So thank you all. Thank you all for being with me tonight. Let's start the show officially. So... Welcome to ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. We have a packed show regarding the Dallas Cowboys, and there goes the, there goes Lions special teams trying to make a play at the end of the first half. But yeah, we'll talk about the Cowboys news. There are some injury news that we cannot overlook. We'll get into what John Fassel had to say about the Cowboys penalty towards the end of the game. I will give you some coaching thoughts that I have on the Dallas Cowboys, and I agree some of, them might, some of them might be controversial. I realize that, but I hope to listen to what you have to say as well over in the chat, because that is what makes ADC Sports content special. We love to talk to you in the chat, as always. And then, a little bit of overreaction Monday, because it was an interesting 
week two in the NFL, and we'll take a look at around the league. And I'm going to ask you if it is an overreaction or a fair reaction. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the Cowboys news. Let's have a little bit of a catch up here because there were some interesting ones. Starting off with Amari Cooper's injury, which which is I know that is a main concern in a lot of Cowboys fans' minds right now. Mike McCarthy did not offer plenty of details, but he did say that what Amari Cooper is dealing with were bruised ribs. So that will be the main situation, in my opinion, to be on the lookout for as the week progresses. Remember that the Cowboys have sort of a long week because they will play on Monday night versus the Eagles. So let's let's wait and see those injury reports. And we hope that Amari Cooper plays for the Dallas Cowboys. Because listen, here's the thing. Amari has played more than once while injured for the Dallas Cowboys. He has been able to play hurt. In fact, he kind of gets a lot of hate, in my opinion, because of being injured. But at the end of the day, you got to respect the fact that even though he's dealing with stuff, number 19 is out there on the field for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that is something that a lot of fans, in my opinion, do not give Amari the credit that he deserves. So we'll see if it's anything serious. Certainly, we hope it isn't. Bobby Belt mentioned something on Twitter because someone said that uh, they were asking themselves is if Amari actually was hurt before that third down catch versus the Chargers. And then Bobby Belt said, I wonder if he's hurt ever since the Tampa Bay Bucks game. And listen, it's impossible to know if it is true or not. But I think that Bobby brings up an interesting point over there on Twitter. And I wonder that myself. It was a play in which Amari took a little bit to, to stand up. Maybe that's something that arised from that game as well. But hey, we can only speculate regarding that. I hope the Packers lose, says Chris Davis. Cooper has missed very little, very, very little playing time due to injury. That is, uh, that is right. What Rika is saying in the chat, in my opinion, is right on. Because Amari gets a lot of hate for being hurt, but he has not missed a lot of time. Hopefully, just to Bruce's D-Town. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL, says Raimundo. I'm not there yet, but I do think he's kind of overrated. Uh, underrated, excuse me. Underrated is the word. I'm not ready to put him as number one in the NFL, but I think he's closer than a lot of people admit it. Uh, he plays hurt, but still makes moves on cornerbacks to make them look silly. Awesome number one. I think he might be the best route runner in the NFL, though. Route runner, he might be the best. I would like to see, and this is something that I'm keeping my eye on during the entire season, but I want to see Amari Cooper be more of a red zone threat. And that is not only on him, of course. You also have to make things work for the quarterback and the entire offense with the play calling and game planning. But Amari Cooper needs to have better results in the red zone. Again, I, I, don't, I don't want this to, be, to sound like I am hating on Amari because I'm not. As I said, it's more about the Cowboys exploiting Amari Cooper in the red zone. And if, if they are able to make that jump with number 19, he has an argument to be one of the very best in the entire NFL. I'm glad we have another day to rest since we play Monday. The Cowboys will definitely enjoy that benefit because there are other injuries that we need to talk about. 
But first, Gregory. Randy Gregory is going to be back on Wednesday, according to reports. After spending some time on the COVID-19 reserve list, he is set to come back for the Dallas Cowboys, and it will be huge for the Cowboys defense. Because we talked about Michael Parsons and what he, is, what he was able to do versus the Chargers, and I actually named him my player of the game last night because I think that the way that he kept up the QB pressure throughout the entire game was really impressive. Having Randy Gregory back will be very interesting for his defense because we will see what, how Dan Quinn moves his pieces around because you might still want to see two stand-up stand linebackers, but you also want Randy Gregory to be rushing the passer. So that will be interesting to watch, no doubt about it. But more defensive line injuries. Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins suffered a knee sprain and Durant Armstrong has a, an ankle injury. It, is, it remains to be seen how serious these injuries are going to be for the Dallas Cowboys, but we definitely should, be, should not overlook this couple of injuries because Randy Gregory might be coming back, but you don't want Armstrong to miss any sort of playing time and you don't want Carlos Watkins who has... Uh, sort of become a starter for this Cowboys defensive line. If Watkins is not available, then who are you playing? Brent Irvin and Oza Odiyesuwa? I'm not saying those two are not good options, but you definitely want Carlos Watkins involved in this defensive line. Even though Watkins himself is not a top-tier starter by any means, but we know what the Cowboys situation is at the defensive line. So, we might be thinking about Randy Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Michael Gallup, and all of those big name guys, but this, those, that couple of injuries really sort of concerns me a lot because if this is a situation in which one of them is not able to play, it might hurt the Cowboys more than we realize right now. So we were much better in the red zone, said, says Rika yesterday. I kind of went off on our efficiency on Friday morning with, when Sky was on. Definitely. The Cowboys had to look better in the red zone. Uh, because they, they have, since before this season, the Cowboys have been having red zone issues. So it was nice to see them actually step up in that regard last night. Uh, well, yesterday. Charles Moore says, you don't bench your $90 million back. He always starts. That is sort of how I feel regarding Ezekiel Elliott, but it's not because of the contract. You should not be making decisions, in my opinion, playing time decisions based on what you're paying your players. If you made a mistake, if the Cowboys, if we agree that Ezekiel Elliott paying him that contract was a mistake, and I'm not saying we do, but for a second, let's all assume we all agree on that. You, you shouldn't be making your decisions as to who starts and who doesn't based on your contract. If that was the case, Jalen Smith would be linebacker number one on this football team. And we understand why Jalen isn't. However, I do understand the love that Tony Pollard gets from Cowboys Nation because he's been the most explosive back on the team. I still believe that Ezekiel Elliott is your better overall running back but, I, but it, it kind of sucks that he has not been able to be that explosive player. He's not that home run threat for the Cowboys at all. And I'm not talking about breaking one 50 yards for a touchdown. I'm talking about explosive plays. 15-plus run, uh, run rush attempts. 20-plus yards rushing attempts. We have not seen that from Zeke in a long time, or at least not consistently. So if the Cowboys 
it's a trade-off at the end of the day. Who do you want to be on the field most of the time? The running back who overall is a lesser running back than Ezekiel Elliott, in my opinion, but that has that upside in the explosive game, or Ezekiel Elliott, who is a better power running back, who is a more patient running back, who, in my opinion, makes a better reads, who is a good pass blocker, but maybe does not have that explosiveness to his game in, 20, in 2021. So that is where I'm at. And I'm, I'm not trying to make it sound like Sick should definitely be starting. I'm just saying that it's, it, it really is a trade-off and a decision that the Cowboys are likely going to make. And that is why maybe we're seeing that split carries between the two of them, at least through the first two weeks of the season. How about the Lions, who are up 17-14 and 14 versus the Green Bay Packers? Do you guys think that the, that the Lions can actually pull this upset off? Please let me know in the chat. But really, I don't know. I don't know what we know about the NFL anymore, man. I, I, it's a tough league. Shout out to Terrence Steele for the good play. I had my doubts. This Chris Rocha, definitely one of the most impressive players versus the Chargers. We did not expect Steele to have that good of a game. Maybe we did not expect him to be the same guy that he was last year. But I don't know about you. I simply did not expect that. How long is Gallup out, Chris Davis? So they said three to five weeks. And the first week was the one versus the Chargers. So if we're going by that timetable, two to four weeks. So we're still waiting on Michael Gallup. But the Cowboys have not given us, and they probably won't in a while, a very set timetable for his return. Lions have a good O-line, not going to lie, says Dallas Junk. Yes, uh, I like Seek and Pollard in the game together. Raimundo says, yes, I think go back. I go back to Rodgers not happy. That would be an awesome win for the Lions. Green Bay can lose, wouldn't be surprised. Joshua was the one who said that would be an awesome win for the Lions, and I definitely agree. How about that NFC, though? And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I talked about this on week one, and I feel the same way in week two. How about the NFC? It, it truly looks wide open. Look at the top teams in the, in the conference. You have Tampa Bay, who is still the number one team probably in the entire conference after being the champion in 2020. But how about the Tampa Bay Bucks? They already struggled versus the Cowboys. They had some bad moments versus the Falcons. And of course, they are the Falcons. So they ended up being just fine, more than fine. But other than that, you're watching Green Bay struggle. You're watching the New Orleans Saints struggle. The Rams were close to losing to an Indianapolis Colts team led by Carson Wentz. And actually, the Colts had the ball at the end of the game, but Carson Wentz was already injured, so Jacob Eason had to take the, the QB snaps. So we were, we cannot be, well, as, as, excuse me, San Francisco struggling versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This is the, the Seattle Seahawks, and I can go on and on. The Seattle Seahawks blowing their lead versus the Tennessee Titans in overtime. It ended up being a 33-30 win versus the Titans, uh, sorry, the Titans win versus the Seahawks, excuse me. So you, you take a look at this conference and it is wide open and the Cowboys who are expected to be division winners, they might just, if they're healthy in the playoffs, man, they can beat anybody in my opinion. 
even though I'm not sold on this defense at all, even after the takeaways, I think this is a team that simply can't just beat anybody if the offense is healthy and they get one or two turnovers in a game, one or two takeaways. So it's only week two. But what I'm trying to say is there doesn't seem to be a clear set of favorites anymore in the NFC. While at the beginning of the year, before the season started, we were talking about the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Green Bay Packers being on a tier on their, of their own in the conference and being the clear-cut favorites. I don't think I feel that way anymore. You think Tampa number one, says Raimundo? Right now, I would say so. Listen, Green Bay is struggling. I get that the Rams are also one of the best teams in the NFL, but the continuity for the Bucs is what sells me on them, definitely. I, I thought that in the entire NFL before the season, and we did the power rankings here, I said number one, Kansas, and number two, Tampa Bay. So uh, over here says, I didn't know Wentz was hurt again, says Chris Davis. Yeah, he actually injured his ankle, and that is even more concerning. And you actually, I'm going to be honest with you. I know a lot of Cowboys fans here will disagree with me, but I know a lot will agree with me as well. You got to hate that for, for Carson Wentz. He is... He has busted his ass to be back on that football field. And you thought, I kind of was rooting for a comeback here from him with Frank Reich over in the AFC with the Colts. It kind of sucks to see him injured again, to be honest with you, being completely uh, objective. D-Town says, hopefully Wentz has a quick and full recovery. I'm not laughing or hoping any player to get hurt. I always, I, I agree with that mindset, <clears throat> except Bonte's perfect. <clears throat> oh. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, excuse me, man. I, I'm kidding. Anyways, speaking about injuries, some unfortunate news for the Philadelphia Eagles and important news for the Dallas Cowboys because they will face him on Monday night. They have three key injuries. First of all, offensive guard Brooks is headed to IR, and that is one of the best offensive linemen in the, in the Eagles roster and a major contributor for the team. The Cowboys are, are still a little bit you know, thin at defensive tackle, but they might get a little bit of an advantage with Brooks out. Tight end Zach Ertz is headed to COVID-19 reserve. Probably out of these three, Ertz absence will be the one that matters the least. And then over on the defensive side of the ball, Brandon Graham out for the season with a ruptured Achilles. And that sucks for Brandon Graham. And that is one less major threat for the Cowboys when they face them next week. So, those news were important to, to talk about. And tomorrow we will have an early look at the Eagles. But in the meantime, I wanted to talk to you about this because those are some major injuries on the Eagles. And they lost versus the San Francisco 49ers in a game in which they made a lot of mistakes. So really, we don't know what Philadelphia is yet. But I do think that right now we should favor the Cowboys to win versus the Eagles. The, the betting lines opened at minus four, and I'm telling you right now, I would lay those, those points in the betting market. I would take the Cowboys to win and cover the spread. Graham will be a big loss for the Eagles. Will Landon Dickerson take Brooks' spot? That is a big question from Dallas Junk, and I don't know if the Eagles have actually said something on this, but you always say uh, have, have to be excited about Landon Dickerson being involved in a football field. I don't think he's ready yet to, well, he's ready to face the Cowboys edge rushers probably. We will see. I, I will get back to you if we hear anything on that front 
because I have not seen the Eagles say anything about how they will cover Brooks' absence. With Julie Pearsons, Parsons, excuse me, at defensive end, while Demarcus Lawrence gets back, I would definitely. Jalen has surprised me, and, and I will talk more about that tomorrow night. So make sure you tune in. I will talk about the main questions surrounding the 2021 Dallas Cowboys after the two first weeks of the season. And one of those questions is, what do you do with Michael Parsons moving forward? And once Demarcus Lawrence comes back, what do you do with Michael Parsons? He played a lot less than I thought he, he did. He played in 54% of the snaps last night, uh, sorry, yesterday versus the Chargers. And I kind of did not, I felt like he was playing close to 100% of the snaps. And it turns out Micah Parsons was in only in 55% if we round up uh, of the defensive snaps. What's the Packers versus the Lions score? 17-14, the Packers lead. When do you start tomorrow night, says Joshua, at 8 p.m. Central Time. So every day, Sunday through Thursday night, I will be on at 8 p.m. Central Time. We kind of change it up during the game days, though, because, for example, you had the, the Packers scoring close to the end of the first half, and that was a good moment to start the stream. So if there is a primetime game on, it's close to halftime. After 8 p.m. Central Time, closer to halftime. But what is Tuesday and Wednesday, for example, we will be live always at 8 p.m. Central Time. So thanks for joining the show. So moving on, because I, um, I have more thoughts to share with you. I have one question for you. Do you feel bad? meh, good, or great about this coaching staff? True, 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 excuse me, true two weeks of the season. Do you feel bad, good, great, or meh about this coaching staff? And in the meantime, while you answer that, here is John Fassel and what he had to say about the Cowboys' penalty on special teams. Yep. Um, the thought process was, I think Cowboys fans aren't the play it safe type. So I was going to give them what they wanted, come after their ass on punt rush. So I hope they're happy with it because we, we, came, we came after them. Um, it's kind of the mindset going into the game that we're going we're gonna to come after this, come after this football. Um, and you can sure debate everything. <laughs> um, but I'm still not so sure that we actually roughed them. Castle, I, 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 I think that the, the camera went off a little bit. I'm sorry about that. But anyways, he got a lot of hate over on social media because of that quote regarding the Cowboys' penalty on special teams. I don't know if they roughed him. Uh, I think they did. I'm looking forward to watching that replay and specifically the All-22 because the TV broadcast did not show a lot of replays there. And I did not like that, of course. But I think that John Fassel is just having fun with Cowboys fans at this point. I, I think that a lot of people are outraged by that quote when I truly believe that John Fassel is just having a little bit of fun with Cowboys fans and Cowboys fans are taking it. I like Bones' aggressiveness, but that fourth and 20 call was just uncalled for. Yeah, probably. I, I, I kind of agree with that as well. So a, lot of, uh, a little bit of mixed answers. G Gabriel says good. He feels good about the coaching staff. Dallas Junk says good. Joshua coming in with the B. 
Chris Davis, good. Uh, in between meh and good, says TV Mac. Great about Kellen, good about Queen. I'm not happy with Fassel, says Rika. I say good, it does like it does look like Dak is changing a lot of plays, says Raimundo. I don't think they roughed him either, says Joshua. So a little bit of a mixed feeling there from Cowboys fans, but I agree with what D-Town is saying. He was trolling the fans, but he needs to stop that. Yeah, he was definitely 100% trolling the fat. The, the, the fans. No NFL coach is where he is because of calling plays that he thinks that the Cowboys fans want or any NFL team fans want. That does not happen. That is something that you watch on fan-controlled football, which is actually a thing now. So I think he was just trolling the fans, having some fun with them. I'm not sure about that call, though. Uh, and I will tell you this. My answer for the question, do I feel bad, meh, good, or great, about the Cowboys, you know, about the Cowboys coaching staff, I gotta say, I feel good. I feel very good about it. And there are a lot of things that I have not liked. I have not liked some of the four down decision-making since Mike McCarthy took over the Dallas Cowboys. They were a little bit more aggressive versus the Chargers. I certainly hope they continue with that. And I, you know, have some, I had some issues with the clock management side of things. Mike McCarthy gave a huge story on how The clock went out. The one that he was watching then, the, the one that Kellen Moore was watching, kind of was blocked by a TV camera. You know, I, I honestly, they can give every single explanation that they feel that they want to, but I honestly think that it's as simple as this. The Cowboys just messed it up on that clock management thing at the end of the game. I also think that, well, it sucks to see the special teams struggle like they have in the first couple of weeks of the season, But I, even in spite of all those little things, I feel good about this coaching staff. Listen, you were headed into this game with Terrence Steele ready to block Joey Boza. You were heading into this game to face Justin Herbert and a high-powered Chargers offense without Randy Gregory and without Demarcus Lawrence. And you made the decisions that made this football team be in the game and end up winning it. You made an aggressive decision by moving Michael Parsons from linebacker to defensive end almost the entire game, and it worked out. You made the decision to not succumb to the pressure and not slide Zach Martin from right guard to right tackle, and you handled Joey Bosa like a very smart football team, not only with Terrence Steele and his level of play, but with a lot of schemed plays, schemed plays that neutralized Joey Bosa, sometimes without even having a blocker on him. So I think that it, it really was a, a little bit of proof that the Cowboys right now have a coaching staff capable to adjust. And now on the defensive side of the ball, you might not have a top defense and your talent on the roster might not even allow you to reach that good level. But they are taking the ball away. And as long as they are taking the ball away, you will get chances at winning ball games. For example, Trevon Diggs had a lot of ups and a lot of downs versus Keenan Allen. He was burned in some place, and he beat Keenan Allen in some place. But the fact that he got the pick at the beginning of the game was enough of a big-time play to feel good about Trevon Diggs' performance. So you got to feel good about this coaching staff. And 
I know that Mike McCarthy has been getting a lot of hate, and I understand why. And there are some things that I don't like myself about McCarthy's uh, coaching tenure in Dallas. But you got to admit, this is a, a, a football coach that's already won a Super Bowl, coupled with a defensive coordinator that has been in the Super Bowl as a head coach and as a defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. This coaching staff, if anything, knows what it takes to be a playoff team and what it takes to win in the playoffs. So I'm confident about that because we kind of underrate, underestimate the fact that we have not had that in Dallas in a long time, this sort of a coaching staff. And they were aggressive in their adjustments and it ended up paying off for them. So I really like the fact that the Cowboys are doing those things right. There were some things that I did not like, of course, but Kellen Moorman, Kellen Moore is doing a tremendous job. And actually, Joshua Davis beat me to it. Joshua, you beat me to it over at Facebook. He says, do you think Moore will take a head coaching job next year? And I had a similar question from me to you. Mike McCarthy said in, an, in a press conference today that he thinks that Kellen Moore is ready for a head coaching job. And here is my question from me to you. Would you, if you were in charge of the Dallas Cowboys, pretend you are a billionaire like Jerry Jones and you own the Dallas Cowboys and you face this tough decision in the future, would you eventually make Kellen Moore your head coach to keep him from leaving? Yes or no? In this context, it of course means, you know, at some point letting McCarthy go and making Kellen Moore your head coach. Because I think that jo uh, what Joshua is asking in the chat is very fair. I think he will be very interested in taking a head coaching job. Most offensive, mo most young coaches will take that job offer as soon as they get it. However, Kellen Moore might play, might play it smart. Right now, he has Dak Prescott leading his offense. He knows what he can do with Dak, and he knows he is on the fast track for a head coaching gig. That is going to happen. At some point in Kellen Moore's career, he's going to make head coach. And this is not anything new. For those who have been paying attention, this is not anything new. Heck, I remember Kellen Moore's interview with John Gruden when he was a QB prospect out of Kellen Moore. Just about every single scouting report that you read on Kellen Moore talked about how insanely smart he was and how he would be a good coach someday and a good backup quarterback to work as a secondary QB coach. We knew that. And there's a tweet out there from Daniel Jeremiah that it's about four years old or three years old that says, Kellen Moore is a rising star in the NFL and he will be a head coaching candidate within the next two years. That is Daniel Jeremiah, if I'm not mistaken, about four years ago. And he already had an interview with the Philadelphia Eagles to be a head coach, who the Cowboys, of course, are facing on Monday. He had a very strong, you know, flirting session with Boise State, his alma mater, this offseason. I don't know that the Cowboys can't afford to lose Kellen Moore, like Abel is saying in the chat. I don't, I, listen, I am a strong believer in Kellen Moore, so I'm saying that. Now, I will say this as well. Look at Eric Bieniemy over in Kansas City. Look at Josh McDaniels in New England. The fact that Kellen is killing it as an offensive coordinator does not mean that the Cowboys can't get him to stay. It doesn't mean that, definitely, because Jerry Jones, I've heard he makes money. I've heard he has a little bit of money. 
I've heard something about the Cowboys being the most valuable team in the NFL. And I've heard something about Jerry Jones not being scared to write any kind of big time check. So I think that the Cowboys are going to be able to keep Kellen Moore close to the team for a longer time than we expect. But Kellen, as well, if he gets the right head coaching offer, job offer, he might be gone, man. He, he, you never know what the aspirations for every coach are. That is a big, big, big time throw from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. I got a little bit distracted there. So, sorry, back to the show. <laughs> that was a big time throw, though. If you're watching on mute while watching ADC Sports Dallas Primetime, make sure you check that out. Anyways, money talks, as Joshua says over in Facebook, money talks, but you never know. If like Kellen Moore, for example, these college football programs pay a lot of money, and if, if that's what Kellen wants to do, for example, with Boise State at some point, you never know what his aspirations are and what he thinks he can be in other NFL teams or on other college football programs. And Boise, Boise is one of the top programs for a head coach job, even though Boise is not a top team in the college in the college football world. People have talked very positively about Boise State's coaching gig. And I'm not saying that he's headed there. I'm just saying you never know what opportunity might come across Kellen Moore's desk. And hey, I hope the Dallas Cowboys are able to keep him. To answer my question, if at some point it's either making him the head coach or moving on from him, I definitely hope the Cowboys stick around with him. I I definitely hope he becomes the Cowboys head coach. And that might be early from me, but I've been writing about this actually for, for a couple of years now. <laughs> I've been writing about Kellen Moore being a rapidly rising offensive coordinator in the NFL that's going to end up as a head coach somewhere. And you don't want this to be a Sean Payton 2.0 kind of situation for the Dallas Cowboys. You don't want that to happen. Uh, no, because we're going to win the Super Bowl this year and keep Mike McCarthy, says D-Town. Let's hope that the Cowboys can keep this Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore thing together for a long time. It's all about keeping Kellen Moore around. And I think we kind of underestimate the Cowboys' ability to do so. Chris Davis says, yes. Avila with a strong held. Yes, we had a top 15 offense last year without Dak under Kellen Moore. Also, I think Kellen is really a smart guy. And some of Mike's decisions have been questionable. You cannot afford to lose Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore is the next McVay, says Dallas Junk. Kellen Moore not going anywhere. Uh, Stevie Mack says, no, thanks. Moore is being too rushed to the top too quickly like Garrett was. He needs more experience. And that is the other side of the coin. It can be a Jason Garrett situation or it can be a, a Sean Payton kind of situation. He can afford him, says North of the Star, but they need a deep player run to keep teams away. Got to hope he loves Dak and Dallas. Hey, it looks like he loves Dak. That, that, by the way, that video clip was so wholesome. Right after the Cowboys win over the Chargers, Kellen Moore and Dak Prescott hugging each other. That was special to watch. And I tweeted this out at now NFL, MEU NFL. And I said, this is a championship caliber duo. This is really how I feel about Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore for the Dallas Cowboys. Win a Super Bowl first, then Kellen Moore will be a head coach, says Eddie. I hope because the Cowboys gave him a chance as a quarterback and now coordinator, he stays for loyalty's sake, says Aaron. That's another thing. That's another thing working on the Cowboys' favor. 
Thank you, Weldon, for being here in the chat as well over at Facebook. And Stevie Max says, I'd rather have the guy who made Moore look good in college for head coach, Chris Peterson. And Chris Peterson, a great football coach, and definitely one of the guys that I wanted to the, the Cowboys to consider when we were getting ready for life after for life after Mike McCarthy. Excuse me, for life after Jason Garrett. Man, I cannot believe that only two years ago, Jason Garrett was the Dallas Cowboys head coach. It feels like it's been so, so long since then. But hey, we're getting used to it. We're getting used to the Mike McCarthy coaching staff. So anyways, a, a few thoughts before we continue and before we get to overreaction Monday. I wanted to make a segment that is called Nice Win, But... And when a Cowboys lose, which we hope does not happen very often, we will say tough loss, but. So usually your favorite team wins, the Cowboys win in this case, and just about everything you read from them is positive. Or when they lose, everything that you read about them is negative. So we will try to balance things out with this segment on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. And here's my nice win, but. The Chargers, man, shot themselves on the foot time and time again, and the refs did so as well, in my opinion. This is a Dallas Cowboys team that needs to clean up a lot of things. I cannot believe that the Packers just scored with Robert Tony. That is the one guy in which I am fighting for in a fantasy football league from NFL Mexico. I was invited to be part of a NFL Mexico fantasy football league, and I'm against him. Anyways, the Cowboys allowed a lot of things that they simply should not have allowed on defense. And it looks like an, a defensive match when you take a look at the scoreboard. But if you watch the game, you know what I mean. This was a, a very offensive game because the Cowboys were moving the ball with ease and the Chargers were doing so as well. They were just making a lot of mistakes. And the, char and, and the Chargers made a lot of those as well. You have the, the, you know, the grasp sack that the refs called on Herbert. And that was, in my opinion, I know that Justin Herbert was backpedaling. But nine out of ten times, the refs are not going to throw that flag. But they did versus the Chargers in that big-time situation. They basically, the refs basically took two touchdowns away from the Chargers. And let's, let's, be, let's be honest here. And I... I Enjoy the Cowboys win, and it was an ugly win, and an ugly win is still a win. But the Chargers were also shooting themselves on the foot time and time again. That ineligible receiver downfield call versus the Chargers, in my opinion, was ridiculous. I thought that was a very lucky break for the Dallas Cowboys because, again, you might say that under the rule book that is a penalty, but nine, hell, forget about nine out of ten, nine and a half out of ten times. The refs are not going to make that call. So I think that the Cowboys got lucky here and there. The Chargers also got lucky from time to time, though. That Jaron Curious pick they took away, that fourth down stop that, in my opinion, was defensive pass interference, but they did not call it on the, on the Chargers. So the Cowboys were, you know, um, turned the ball over on downs. So it was a nice win, but far from a dominant one and far from a... Very strong defensive performance. They had they took the ball away, and that is why the Chargers stayed at 17, among other things, 
but this, this was also about the pick in the red zone. And you know you're not going to get those week in and week out. The Cowboys have done, some, done so in consecutive weeks, but that is unlikely to be kept up throughout 18 weeks of the NFL regular season. So far from a performance in which I felt confident about the defense, I felt great about the takeaways, and I think that Dan Quinn's presence on the team is felt that way. The Cowboys are close to taking the ball away in a lot of plays, not only in the ones in which they actually have. So that's been impressive to see. But that was not a great defensive performance. And I've seen some people talk about a great defensive performance, and I'm not sure we saw that. I'm not sure we saw any kind of pressure beyond Michael Parsons. Osa had a, a big play. Leighton Banderich had the sack. But I'm talking about the, throughout the length of the game. It was not a, a great defensive game. Good win, but time management at the end. What Weldon is saying, right on. Again, uh, Mike McCarthy talked about this, and he gave an explanation on the clock being shut down and Kellen Moore being blocked by a TV camera. You can tell me everything that you want but I, and call me pessimistic, but the Cowboys messed that up big time. You have to have some sort of communication. And then there was the thing that they wanted to call the timeout until the end, but then Todd Arker pointed out on Twitter that, hey, you can say that, but Kellen Moore was running towards the ref with 10 seconds left on the play clock asking for the timeout. Those are the plays we praise when they work, but you all fire him when they don't, says Aaron. And I think I'm not sure what this is in answer to, but I'm going to assume that this is because of that trick play that Kellen Moore called in the second half. And I gave my opinion on this last night. I actually liked the call. I thought it was bad execution from Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense. But you gotta, I agree with that. You got to take create, the creative plays with the even more creative plays. There's no, there's no in between, in my opinion. And I think that was an execution. Special teams still look uh, suspicious, says Moses. I'm going to assume suspicious. Uh, definitely. And I got to... Again, I, I'm, I, we're only two weeks into the season. I'm playing the patient card. Uh, I'm playing the patient card with the John Fassel situation because of what he did for the Cowboys in 2020. One of the worst units in the NFL in DVOA, in efficiency, in value per play, in special teams, the Cowboys finished 2020 as the seventh-ranked special teams unit. And the Cowboys kind of got off to his low start on special teams as well last year. Even with Tony Pollard, we had some issues there with the fumbles and things last year. So let's see if John Fassel, at least, let's see if Bones really bounces back from a couple of bad performances. Bro, the score doesn't really tell the full story of how we dominated that game, says Aaron Ray. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not sure I do. I think that the score doesn't really tell the full story of how the Chargers offense actually had themselves a game as well, even though they made some mistakes. Uh, that is how I saw the football game, though. And I'm, I, I always love, you know, having these different opinions in the chat. But that's how I saw it. I don't know how the rest of the chat feels. But I don't, I, don't think that, I don't think that the Cowboys dominated the game. They walked away with the win. They came up big in, strong, in key moments. But I'm not sure about dominating this game versus the Chargers. Herbert is a really good quarterback. And the Chargers have a great offense, too. They need to clean up. They're in a similar situation than the Cowboys maybe last year before Dak Prescott's injury. The Chargers are a young team with junk with a junk coaching staff. They need to clean up the red zone inefficiencies and the big-time penalties 
But other than that, I agree with D-Town. They're a top 10 offense in this league, the, the Chargers. And it, it, it's, it's not wrong that the Cowboys did not dominate them because they are a good team. They're a winning team that's a playoff contender as a wild card, probably. Chargers have penalties, but Cowboys had uncalled penalties too, says Calvin. And I agree with that. And we talked about that last night. This was just terrible officiating from, the, from this crew. Terrible. And I'm not, I don't think that it favored the Cowboys very strongly. And I don't think it favored the Chargers very strongly. It was just a bad performance from the refs. We're used to bad, but this was, you know, Chaz Green caliber bad, you know? Uh, we shouldn't have any more concerns at the safety position. We are stacked, says Aaron. And keep in mind, folks, this is only week three coming up. There was something that I liked a lot about the Cowboys' safety, and Dan Quinn talked about it this morning. The Cowboys walked out with this big nickel package a lot of the time. And I'm looking forward to watching the All-22 tomorrow morning and get you more thoughts on the All-22 once I, I am able to watch it with a little bit of attention but Jaron Kears, Malik Hooker, and Demonte Cassie had a lot of plays in which they were the, the three of them were on the field, and Dan Quinn called this the big nickel. I'm looking forward to watching that with Donovan Wilson if Wilson is ready to be back in the lineup versus the, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's been such a relief to have good safety play, says Dallas Junk. Really one of the biggest surprises so far for the Dallas Cowboys, I think. Demonte Cassie has done a tremendous job. So before I leave you tonight, as the Packers lead the Lions 21 and 17, some questions from me to you. And this is overreaction Monday around the NFL, not only for the Dallas Cowboys, but overreaction Monday around the NFL. Number one, do you think that the Raiders are for real? Raiders are for real. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Overreaction or fair reaction? I think that the Raiders might be more real than we think. So I'm going to go with fair in this question. How about Max Crosby getting, he, he leads the NFL right now, Raiders defensive end Max Crosby at 16 QB pressures. And I kind of, after the, after the Ravens game, I agreed with what Dallas Young is saying. Dallas is saying, nah, Raiders are frauds. I kind of felt that way after they beat the Ravens. But hey, beating the Ravens and the Steelers in back-to-back -back weeks is not easy. And I know that the Steelers have not looked like a very dominant team either, but the Raiders have something there. They have an attitude, first, first and foremost, in my opinion. They have an attitude. And they have some a few big players that can make big plays in big spots. So that's what I like about the Raiders. I don't think they are a contender to win the AFC West or anything like that because that is Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs division. But hey, these two wins might get them to a record similar to 9-8. and eight. And then you have a shot at a wildcard spot. Raiders are underrated, says Joshua. Nah, Raiders will be trash again. Gruden is a scam artist. Uh, Raiders have a crummy offensive line and we're missing Jacobs as well, says TV Mac. So, I'm going to go with fair. I'm going to go with fair reaction regarding the Las Vegas Raiders. Raiders will be at the bottom of the AFC West. I hope that, oh man, that is a fun division. Is that an underrated division? Because Teddy Bridgewater, and I know that the, the Broncos are facing bad teams. They faced the Giants in week one. 
the Jaguars in week two, and then they're playing the Jets in week three. But that is a good football team as well. They might end up being at the bottom of the AFC West, but this couple of wins versus the, the Ravens and the Steelers will help them avoid that, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with fair. We will see. That is one, one thing's for sure. This is going to be a, a, a fun team to watch in 2021. Number two, Arvin Meyer experiment. The Arvin Meyer experiment should be shot down. Is that an overreaction or is that a fair reaction? Arvin Meyer and the Jaguars have looked bad. And Trevor Lawrence passed for 118 yards versus the Broncos this Sunday. And it looks, it, it, it sounds very bad, but it probably was not as bad. But yeah, he had a bad game, Trevor Lawrence. And the thing with the Chargers for me is that they're just playing bad fundamental football. They're making a lot of, of mistakes in the penalty department. They are getting killed in the trenches. They are chitting themselves in the foot over and over again. But regarding Urban Meyer, I'm going to go with overreaction. I don't know yet. I I know that the net, I know what the storyline is for Urban Meyer, and I know a lot of people are just pulling the trigger on that experiment and are ready to move on. But I'm not. Let, let's see what Urban is able to build over in Jacksonville. We know what he was capable of in college, and we know this sport is. This is not even a different level of the same sport. College football and the NFL are completely different sports, in my opinion, especially for a head coach. The responsibilities are so, so different between a, a collegiate coach and, an, and a professional coach. But yeah, Irvin not meant to be an NFL coach, says Dallas Young. Overreaction, they are rebuilding. And that is the main thing for me. I think that this is still a bad roster and they are depleted, as Stevie Mack is saying. Because they traded everyone again and they away and they got rid of a lot of football players. I want to see Urban Meyer play with some good players. The question is whether he will be able to get those or not, because he is not recruiting high school recruits anymore. He is signing free agents and drafting rookies. We'll see how that works out for Urban Meyer. But some people are ready to shut down the Urban Meyer experiment, and I'm not there yet. And last but not least are the Cardinals who are now 2-0. They beat the Titans in week one. They beat the Minnesota Vikings in what was likely the best game of the, of the week. Now, I'm going to give that honor to, to Chiefs-Ravens. But it was a fun game. It was a fun, messy football game, high scoring, but messy. But are the Cardinals a top 10 team? And to me, that is an overreaction. In my opinion, we just need to know what the consistency will look like or Arizona. We know what they were capable of in 2020, and they had some very strong performances. And that game, for example, versus Buffalo that ended up with the Hail Mary attempt and all of that. But to me, the biggest question for the 2021 Cardinals is, can they keep this up throughout 18 weeks? But I will tell you what, Kyler Murray, I'm sold. I'm sold on Kyler Murray already. He has this he has this ability to make some plays that remind you a little bit of how you feel when you watch Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not trying to compare the two. I'm just trying to say that how do you how, how do you do that if you're an NFL quarterback? That is how we feel about Patrick Mahomes most of the time. How did he do that? How is that possible? He is not a human. And when you watch Kyler Murray, 
you kind of feel the same way. So I'm going to go with overreaction because I think that the Cardinals are, still need to prove that they are going to be a consistent team week in and week out. But hey, that NFC West division is going to be fun as heck. Does anyone that's Dallas Nation still think we should have drafted a defensive back instead of Michael Parsons, says Aaron Ray. Listen, I'm past that discussion. However, I will say that Patrick Shorten, I'm going to shout out Patrick Shorten. He's, He's also having a good rookie season so far. Yet a top 10 Murray's early MVP candidate. Yes, Cardinals have the offense, tough division. I bet not, says Aaron Roy. Uh, Aaron Ray, excuse me. DJ's world overreaction. Rookie quarterback and rookie head coach won't look pretty. This is regarding the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken. Have to see what the Cards do against the Rams week four first. <clears throat> that is true. That is true. Now, nah, well done, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all, all the country, man. We are going to be here every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. So, with that being said... With that being said, I am glad you joined me for tonight's show. The Packers are still leading the Lions 21-17. to It's been a fun game by the looks of it. I have not been able to watch it completely, but I cannot believe, I, can, I still cannot believe that the Packers are actually struggling versus the Lions. We will see how that looks like on the replay. So, I hope you enjoy it. If you're watching Monday Night Football and you have not tried out the Peyton and Eli broadcast, I recommend you do. Listen, you will learn something about those two. And they are having some great guests there in the broadcast. And I think that ESPN nailed this one. I think that ESPN really made a good job putting Peyton and Eli together. So before I go, of course, make sure you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. We have great content out there from Cowboys writers and Mavericks writers. When the NBA gets closer, you will be covered when it comes to the Mavericks, as well at adcsports.com slash Dallas. Make sure you check that out. I will have an article about the Cowboys tomorrow morning, so make sure you enjoy that as well. And I will see you all at 8 p.m. Central Time, as always. Interesting point of views, says Joshua. Thank you. Thank you, Stevie Mac, for shouting out the website. Have a good one, Aaron, as well. Thank you all. Thank you all for joining me, and enjoy the rest of your evening. I will see you tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central Time. Thank you for joining me.